Wow, we're hot. We hot. Don't be talking about Neville behind <laughs> his back right now. See, he edits? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny. All right, welcome to another episode of the Big Hunt Guys podcast. Got myself, Brady Miller, here today, and we got an awesome guest who decided to travel down from Utah. Long travel. Long travel. Pretty pretty easy this time of year, right? Not a lot of snow yet. No, snow. pretty straightforward driving conditions. Yeah. Traffic is a little brutal getting into Vegas. but Yeah, so I got Dave Barnett here, and we're going to dive into Montana, all of their fun changes they made for us this year. So what exactly do you do here at Go Hunt, Dave? What's your so, official title? Give me a little background story. Yeah. of. So official title, uh, research content manager. Um, so I deal largely uh, on the insider platform, uh, more specifically uh, managing a lot of our, our season structure, uh, season updates, new seasons throughout the year, uh, draws, testing, app strategies. There's a lot of stuff that we are offering to the insider membership uh, for our members behind the paywall there. Um, Background-wise, I pretty much have grown up with a bow in my hand in the woods. Um, grew up in kind of split time living in northern Idaho and western Montana, um, chasing elk since I can remember with my dad. It's always been kind of my primary passion. Um, coincidentally enough, archery elk is kind of what led me into go hunt, if you will. Um, actually, was contacted to write an elk story, 2015, by Brady. That's right. I remember I <laughs> reached out to you. Ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of snowballed into a lot of freelance writing work for Go Hunt. Uh, a lot of a lot of midnight oil burning going on after after my day job at that time. So, yeah, I actually wrote uh, remotely for Go Hunt for about three years, uh, and then accepted a full time job in 2018. Uh, actually moved in the middle on, on September 15th. I moved right in the middle oh, yeah, of the season. <laughs> the worst time of year to move. I, yeah, I had totally buddies, wrecked your elk hunt. Oh yeah, I had buddies texting me about bugling bulls, and I was driving a 26-foot U-Haul, 45 miles an hour, <laughs> for, for 14 hours down to Utah. Um, but, yeah, so I moved down in 2018, started working for Go Hunt uh, full-time. I've been here ever since. Man, I was uh, really stoked when I first got you writing some articles, and then you became one of my like, most solid contributors to all the freelance stuff on Go Hunt. And then, yeah, having it come full circle where now you have a full-time job here. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild to, to see it. Yeah, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. Mm-hmm. For sure, and you wear so many hats that go on too. Like you said, like basically, what what would you consider your uh, the busiest time of year for the stuff that you do right now? By far, right now, right now, yeah, for that, sure, yeah. So like heavily, a- yeah, we're we're dealing with uh, you know draw odds testing. We're kind of on the tail end of draw odds. We got draw odds now officially live for all states. Um, that takes up a large portion of our November, December, January, February timeframe. Um, and now we're heavily rolling into season updates for all the western states and, and getting all of that. Um, you know, but it, it ebbs and flows. I'm definitely starting this time of the year. I mean, I'm talking to a lot of members right now, getting their years kind of figured out, you know, doing some consulting, going in that direction. Um, you know, so yeah, you, you know, it's up and down, but in terms of just straight up, just staring at a screen all day and going over thousands and thousands of lines of data, this, this is it. We're, we're fortunately on the tail end where we can kind of start acting on some f- fun articles and moving yep. into new enhancements, but uh, yeah, it, it's been a wild, wild year so far. And probably one of like the most chaotic times I would assume is like whenever, like we can't ever go off proposed regulations and make changes onto filtering 2.0 or yeah. anything on the website. So when official regs come out, that's when it's balls to the walls. Like 
constant updates, yeah. trying to get all the season dates figured out. Yeah, it gets crazy too, you know, and it, it, it's a hard thing to understand. I mean, with, with us being a tech company, you know, it, it'd be real nice to be able to just click a button and the whole state is updated. But the unfortunate side is with, with these, we have to manually change. I mean, even, even down to the date level, every single season, it, it's yep. a date manually added to it. Um, you know, Montana in particular has been just an absolute nightmare <laughs> this year, to put it bluntly. Yeah, and that, um, that's really what I want to talk about is yeah. because – like when do those Montana regs came out? Like they re- pretty much come out like, what is that like? Pretty much around like March, March one is yeah, like your March effective, 1. right? So they're usually you know plus or minus a few days, um, you know. And then basically like once a state posts those, we kind of turn and burn as a team and start start crushing on those. I mean, uh, me and Nate were actually talking this morning um, in Montana. Near as I can tell right now, we're we're about 175 plus hours just in updating Montana this year yeah. across four of us. Yeah, and when those regs came out like March first, like. The deadline to apply is was it April first? April one. So like, there's four weeks there to apply. The regs just came out, so everyone is now jumping on the website trying to start mm-hmm. getting the research done. And you guys are burning the midnight oil, updating all those seasons, doing all the big changes that Montana made this year, yeah. and it made it actually, you know, it made a, a lot of extra work on you guys. Yeah, there was a lot to digest, um, both on our end to you know accurately represent this, present this on Insider, but also I mean just anybody applying in Montana this year. There's a lot of shit to soak up and Mm -hmm. figure out what you're going to do yeah talk me through like some of the bigger changes so like you know all these different uh you know unit changes that went through all the different enhancements you made on like filtering 2.0 to make it cleaner in a sense like maybe not like totally cleaner but easier for a user to digest now yeah definitely so yeah i mean on the season level uh change wise montana didn't change a whole lot with their seasons in terms of uh, what you can hunt in what part of the states and on what tag, but they did make a lot of changes in GMU boundaries. Um, a lot of a lot of units really really changed. You had some conglomerate units, if you will. Um, Southwest Montana, for instance, there's a new unit 322 that actually encompasses, I believe, it was six or seven old units from last mm-hmm. year. You know, so there, there's been changes in there as guys getting familiarized with that. Um, I mean, even to the extent that I've gotten emails from people that have been talking to outfitters claiming they're in a unit that no longer exists now, you know, yep. in kind of the confusion that comes along with that. Um, you know, so th- there were some big, big changes there. Um, in order to show those in, in, in honestly improve the flow of filtering 2.0 with Montana, we actually kind of restructured a lot of things this year too, as we were changing our season dates. Um, it's always been kind of not tough, but you have to know where you're going in order to get into filtering 2.0 and look at what units can I hunt on my general tag, what units can I hunt on my permit. Yep. Cause before you had to select the, whatever, select the seasons and then you would do permit or general. Yeah. And yeah. So that, maybe it, that it added down. a lot of confusion there. If you weren't fully familiar with the Montana system. Yeah. And Montana's a state that you want to make it as simple <laughs> as possible because they don't make it easy on you to look at the regulations definitely. at all. Yeah. So one big change we did this year, now what you're going to see, uh, if you're an insider, if you go to filtering 2.0 Montana, instead of seeing just Montana mule deer, uh, you're going to see mule deer general or mule deer permit selecting mule deer general. You're only going to see your general unit. So if I'm a guy that drew a general deer combo tag, I click on mule deer general and I now see every unit in the state I can hunt in one fell swoop. Yep. I'm not sifting through permitted hunts and that type of thing. Um, so we did apply that to mule deer, whitetail and elk. Uh, and then we did also, uh, create a new antelope species with the 920 oh, yeah. archery only tag yep. in, for antelope in Montana there. Um, eventually, here in the next few weeks, uh, all of these new species are also going to be mapped to our new point tracker feature on the back end. So your points are actually are actually working correctly in there. So we're, we're very, very excited to get those out. 
Um, the other new thing Montana came out with last year, we just actually just finished getting building all these, is the new uh, heritage muzzleloader seasons that they added. So these new seasons are, are essentially a free add-on season to the end of probably 90% of the tags in the state, whether it's general or permit, uh, where essentially you have a, a small section of December that you can go out and, and hunt with a, a very restricted muzzleloader, but there's some there's some phenomenal opportunities. Oh, yeah, a lot of people have been talking about, like, how much of a game changer that is. Oh, like, man. yeah, the muzzleloader setup is definitely, you know, a little confusing to try to figure out what exactly type of muzzleloader you can use on it. Right. But if you didn't fill your tag and you have the ability to go back, you're now talking about late season dates, probably a lot less pressure because most people are probably tagged out, burn another vacation time. And I can go. And the cool thing is too, like on filtering 2.0, like we were just saying, you've got them all uploaded. Like all you have to really do is go filtering 2.0, mule deer or elk, for example, under select season, you just do the drop down, and now it says heritage muzzle order. So you click on that, and it's going to show you now all the general hunt districts, or I guess you said the other day there were some permit ones too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of units. Yeah, if you have a permit, you can still go back and hunt. So I mean. That season's not going to be like readily available to a lot of non-residents because you're a you're likely going to have to buy a muzzleloader for Montana. Yep. Um, you know, and b you're you're traveling back out to Mon- Montana in December. But um, you know, guys that might be traveling to Montana from close proximity states or residents, um, there's a lot of meat on the bone for that hunt, mm-hmm. particularly during like heavy winter years. There's going to be some big animals killed with that. Yeah. And along those lines, like you said too, now it's going to work more seamlessly with point tracker. So again. Point tracker is that new thing we added where basically you can enter in all your bonus points and preference points for every single state, every single species, and keep track for yourself. Or if you maybe have a son, daughter, or your wife you also build points for, you can switch over to their profiles. And then when you jump into filtering 2.0 and draw odds, no longer do you have to select your residency every single time, select your points. Now it just automatically goes in there, so you're researching a lot quicker. Yeah, much more seamless now. Yeah, we're, we're definitely excited to get that off, off the ground for sure. It's been a, a big one we wanted to do. Let's... Uh, Let's talk about this thing that's kind of on top of everyone's mind, and we're trying to figure out how it's going to impact everything going forward, is the preference point yeah. changes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Montana got, got froggy with changes this year. Um, to the non- Well, I shouldn't say this year. Technically, this, this law that affected all these changes actually passed last year, uh, March 14th or 15th, I believe. Um, there, there's some big changes to the non-resident combo tags this year. Uh, number one, preference point fees now. They used to be 50 bucks ever since the, the induction of this program. They're now going up to 100 bucks a point. It's a big change. It's a huge change. Doubling your cost, by far the most expensive point out there. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to add some stress to things for sure for people. Um, with that, though, they did extend the preference purchase period, the preference point purchase period. So now you can actually buy a preference point from July 1 to December 31. Now, one thing guys do want to keep in mind with that, though, is the bonus point pre- purchase period, excuse me, only runs till September 30. Yep. That, was, that was the typically, whatever, the last like several years, it was bonus and preference on that day. Right. But now you have your preference points extended to later. Yep. So if you buy everything by September 30th, you're good. But you can buy a preference point up till December 31st. And that just opens the doors for people who are like, oh, on the fence of what I should mm-hmm. do. And now they're going to elect to buy a preference point in future years because they have a lot of time, more time to think Him about it. On, yeah, they get a little bit more time. For Start sure. gifting their uh, family members preference points for Christmas, you know. Right. Like, hey, yeah. Christmas gifts is going to be a $100 preference point for Montana. Right. Yeah, so with that too, um, you know, historically, and I mean, well, even still, you and I as individual applicants, when we when we apply, we either have the opportunity to purchase a preference point while we're applying, or you can purchase a preference point later in the summer if you did not apply. Did not apply. That's a big thing. Um, yeah. you know, so we can build one preference point a year. Mm-hmm. Now, the one caveat you do get in Montana is if you do purchase your preference point at the time of application, 
that preference point is applied to that application. Yep. Um, so technically you can apply in Montana every year with at least one point. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> one change they did is anybody now applying with an outfitter and hunting with an outfitter can buy two points a year. <laughs> so they're kind of shortcutting that, letting those guys get a little bit of a leg up. Yep. Um, I'll be curious to keep an eye on that. You know, I mean, the, the outfitting game in Montana is not quite as big as it is in some other states, um, but it's certainly going to make somewhat of an impact you know how much of an impact we're kind of waiting to see which there's a there, that's a whole can of worms what's yeah because because now you could have more people who are on the fence and it's like well i used to hunt montana all the time now it's becoming harder to draw maybe now i have more funds in my bank account now i can go on an outfitted hunt and i can hunt more often and right. buy these two points and both their points are still a hundred dollars each right so yep be, yep but yeah i mean you start looking at that you know just the, the the general tag on that you know and looking at comparatively to some other states you know, I mean, like I said, there's, there's gonna be a lot of things that's going to happen with draws, but I mean, let's say that that outfitted guy can now hunt every other year in Montana, you know, versus he's waiting four years to hunt in Wyoming or he's dealing with OTC tags in Colorado. Like that's kind of a good shortcut, especially if you got an outfitter with a good chunk of land that they're leasing. Um, there, there's some opportunity there for sure. If you got the change to, you know, throw down for it. And it's, I just thought of this right now and I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier, but it's also going to impact people trying to draw some of these permit tags. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, in Montana, you have to draw the general combination, whether it's big game deer or elk, to be able to apply for one of the permit tags. And if you don't draw the big game combo, you're automatically ineligible to draw that permit tag that year. Right, exactly. So now you have an extra chance, get two bonus points, or two preference points, I mean, to jump in there. And mm -hmm. you can pick up permit tags a little bit easier. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting how it plays out. Um, the other really big change, this, this one's going to affect a lot of people. Um, it used to be in Montana that you could buy a preference point for two years and then you had to apply on your third year and if you did not apply in that third year they would they would zero your points out mm -hmm. your points would be purged um in 2022 now they've rewritten it to where you have to apply in consecutive years consecutive years being a 24-month period so essentially if you buy a point one year you have to apply the following year so you have to apply every other year or else your points are purged um, now, this is going to affect people that purchased points last year. If you bought a point last year, if you don't apply this year, your point is purged. It's yeah. gone now. So that, that's definitely going to – well, it's going to do a couple things. Number one, it's going to cycle people through this program a little bit faster. But number two, it could bring in a ton of people this year who have just been buying points. Buying and point. are, otherwise, they're not accounted for in a data point or a data sheet anywhere. Yep. Um, I mean, there, there could be 10,000 people sitting on three points at the ready right now, and we don't know it. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of just unknowns with Montana. Um, <clears throat> probably though, one of the biggest things that we've noticed, and this is, this is just going to compound with these, these changes we were just talking about now, uh, is what happened in the draw odds for these combo tags last year. So essentially Montana's had it written in law where of these, of these combo tags. So you have 17,000 permits are going to both the elk combo and the big game combo, uh, pulls out of the same quota. And then you have 4,500 tags, it'll be 4,600 tags that are going to go into the deer combo. So with that, 75% of those are allocated to the people with the highest preference points. Mm -hmm. And 25% actually goes to not a random, but to anybody that did not buy preference points, which is a very weird thing. Um, now, historically speaking, there's never been enough people in that, in that did not buy enough points camp that met that full 25% allotment. So whatever was left, say 15% of the people accounted for that, 10% of those tags would go back into the general draw now. Well, this last year, there was a, a massive increase of applicants. I mean, just in the big game combo alone, there was over 7,000 more applicants. And what this actually did is it, it brought this law into full effect. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so what you're actually seeing now is higher odds at zero points than what you had at one point. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of questions about very, that. Very, very strange. It looks like an error when you look at it. We verified it. Like it, It's 100% correct, and it all has to do with that 25% of the tags going to people with no points or who did not purchase points. Yep. Um, so definitely an uh, interesting thing there, um, which definitely begs the question of what the hell is going to happen in 2022. Exactly. What do you do? Exactly. Um, you know, kind of the main thing you're looking at, if you're a person sitting at zero points coming into Montana right now is, do I not buy a point this year and apply and hope that that 25% allotment gives me good odds? Mm -hmm. Um, or do I buy a point? It, it, looking at the numbers, it's, it's pretty obvious short of something totally crazy happening that one point is probably not going to draw a tag in Montana. Um, you know, so, yeah, so almost if you want to hunt this year, you're going to risk it and go in with zero, hoping right. to get these odds. But then again, you're not setting yourself up for success in the future no. because. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hypothetically, let's say because of this preference point fee increase up to a hundred bucks now, let's say, you know, just taking in a normal inflation of applicants because inflating applicants have been happening all across the West past two years. Um, you know, let's say a bunch more people apply in Montana and they opt to not buy that point because it's so expensive. Now that whole caveat of, of going after that zero point draw, it, that could totally fall apart. Yeah. You know, last year in the big game combo, I'd have to double check, I believe it's 71% at zero points that could drop to 10% mm-hmm. very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, but yeah, to your point, if I, if I try to go that zero point route this year and I don't draw, I'm in the same exact spot next year. Yep. Whereas had I bought a point this year, now I can apply with two next year. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of got to, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of more of, do I want to gamble and hunt this year or do I, am I trying to long tail this and, and hunt in the next couple? Yeah. And I'm still thinking too, are we still on a, you know, a COVID effect of yeah. so many people were applying the last two years in 2020, 2021. Right. And that's why some of this stuff's going up. Might we see that go back down now that Canada's opened up, you know, international hunts are opened back up again. So maybe more people are going to do some of these other dream hunts and maybe not as many are going to apply in Montana again. So yeah. it's like, we still don't know yet. We're still waiting it out. Maybe we'll figure out some more data around that this year, what this right. draw is actually it's gonna be does. interesting for sure. Um, you know, a couple of things too, looking at like down the road. So Montana right now caps preference points at three points. You can never hold more than three preference points in Montana. Um, looking at the numbers last year, there was an absolutely insane amount of people at one point who did not draw a tag. Um, so much so that if the draw were to take place with just the unsuccessful applicants from last year, so not counting any new applicants at all, um, there were enough unsuccessful people at one point to soak up the full 75% of the allotment this year at potentially two points. Yep. Um, you know, fairly bold prediction. I, I personally feel that in the next few years, you're not ever going to see a hundred percent odd in Montana on that combo, mm-hmm. even though it is going out to preference points. Yep. Um, you're going to see a random odd at three point. Um, what the state does at that point, I don't know. You know, do they, do they extend the ceiling on that and essentially introduce point creep? Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. Oh, Montana, Montana, Montana with their changes. And you have to soak this up so quick too. Like if you're not, you know, on the spot, checking out these app strategies, diving into it, or just looking at the regulations and assuming, you know, things from the past and applying that same way this year, it's like, you might not pick up a tag. Yeah. Yeah. It's been wild. You know, that was one thing that, man, I struggled with this one a lot. I, I, I had a lot of sleepless nights over Montana this year, uh, mainly because it was like, everything came to a head so fast with the changes that happened in Montana, what was going on with the odds, what was happening in the units. And, you know, we were fighting this 
how do we attack the updates in Montana? How do we split out our time? How are we going to be most effective in hitting this? You know, eventually we're, we're, we're going to miss a couple of things, or I shouldn't say miss, but not get things updated as quickly in one area as one guy might like, but mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're serving 10 other guys getting these other things updated. So Montana was, man, it was, it was a stressful couple of weeks just trying to get Montana updated. And like you said earlier, I mean, you get, you get regs and you have a month to decide on things and yep. we're trying to get app strategies and updates and everything out as soon as we can. So, yeah, because we're not eating more of that time. Because we're an online website, so someone can jump on there and be like, hey, these unit changes, they're not what it looks like in the regs. It's like, well, but the regs just came out. We're right. updating them right now. And that's why also we waited to release the app strategy for Montana because we wanted to have all the filtering 2.0 changes for sure. completed yeah. so that we didn't add more confusion to it and made it more seamless back and forth. So right. it's like tight window. And I'm sure, like you said, you guys burned a lot of midnight midnight oil. Yeah, it was Montana. tough. I mean, I, I would say through the process, um, you know, I myself, I gained a lot of, of – perspective and I think just some ideas going into next year and how I can better serve that, you know, to try to get that information out faster or maybe not even necessarily get the information out faster, but, but highlight the big changes sooner and quicker, you yep. know, and, and try to get the members a little bit better idea. It was just, it was, it was just, it was rowdy. There's yeah. nothing we explain. Yeah. It. That, it was, that's why I really like the, how, how you released a couple of those other articles too, like alerting people of these big changes. We made a standalone article on yeah. that. We did a standalone article because it's one of our most asked questions every single year because it's very confusing. What are bonus points and what are preference yes. points in Montana? Because no matter how many times we talk about it, we'll still get people asking about it, which is totally fine. But we try to just make a clear, easy spot like, hey, this is a reference point. This article needs to be referenced all the time for what's bonus and what's preference in Montana. Yeah, it's, it's the wildest draw system. It, it, none of it makes sense. Um, hands down, Montana questions is our number one question every year with Insider. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on it real quick. Just, just reiterate it again. It's another area we can reiterate it. So, uh, preference points. Preference points are only used for your big game combo license. So, the big game combination, the elk combination, and the deer combination. And those are only non-residents. Only non-residents. With those, 75% of the tags go to your highest point holders. 25% go to the people who did not purchase points. Uh, your bonus points in Montana, those are going to be used for your limited entry type tag. So uh, deer permits, elk permits, moose, sheep, goat, and then you even get down into your B license points, which is going to be more for antlerless species, so mm-hmm. antlerless elk, antlerless deer, antlerless antelope. Um, the bonus points now, those are squared going into the draw, and everything is on a true random lottery, if you will. So if I have four points, I'm actually going to go into the draw with 16 entries. Mm-hmm. If I have 10 points, I'll have 100 entries. So you're so rewarding forth. the people who have been in the system a lot longer. You're rewarding the people, but... Also, you can draw a tag in Montana at zero points yep. at any given time. There's mm-hmm. always an opportunity to draw in Montana, you know, and that's one question we get a lot from guys too is, you know, I'm applying for this big game combo tag. Should I apply for a permit? Yep. Um, generally speaking, the answer is yes, just because it's cheap to apply and you can always draw that tag. There's always an opportunity to draw a permit in Montana. Um, you know, I myself personally, with Montana being a state that's managed for opportunity, um, with their limited entry permits, there's very few in the state that I consider actually giving you a better hunting opportunity than what you can find on a general yeah, unit. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's less than five or six tags on both the deer and elk side that really give you that opportunity. So in Montana, for me personally, I'm not a guy that really likes to build points. You know, there's a couple hunts that I like to draw with points, but they're in that like two to three point range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, the, and then kind of moving from there. And then that little caveat too, like a permit tag under the bonus points did not allow you to take a second elk it's just you need that the general combination license is your basically your license to harvest and the permit is just an add-on that allows you to go in that special district that's right kind of the way like i always described it was like your permit is like a hall pass it allows you to take your general tag into like an otherwise restricted area um now 
one big change, this has always been in place for mule deer, but the state implemented for elk this year is that in shoot 90 to 95% of the permits in the state, if you draw that permit, you can only shoot an antlered elk in that area that you're permitted for. Yeah. Well, years, pa- years past. Yeah. You could bounce around. You could be like, Oh, I got yep. a, let's say a, a email. Let's talk about it. Like whatever breaks elk tag. You could draw a breaks archery permit mm-hmm. and then go over on hunt Western Montana later on wherever the wherever yeah if you're heading out for the hunt you passed a bull on the side of the road in a general unit you can go hunting yep um yeah so that that's going to add a little bit i because I that makes it the same as what the deer permits are always were yeah mule deer's always been like that you know i personally i kind of like it mm-hmm. you know just because it kind of focuses you into a spot it, it could but i don't know how many permit guys were hunting general units at the same time but it, it, it's probably going to reduce especially some local pressure from yeah. residents and areas yeah definitely residents i think um, will probably take advantage of that a lot more potentially it could update or excuse me, it could, uh, it could impact draw odds a little bit. You know, you could see people not wanting to put in from that. You know, I, I don't know that you'll see too much of that, but definitely something to consider this year. Um, if you draw an elk permit in Montana, in most cases, uh, you have to shoot an antlered elk in that unit. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely me a big one. Yep. Something to consider for sure. What else other changes were there? We covered it all, I think. <clears throat> yeah, that was the primary big changes in Montana. Yeah. And, uh, for people listening to the application deadline for both deer and elk is April 1st of 2022 at 11:45 PM mountain daylight time. And Montana often has computer issues on that last day. So it's, don't wait till the last day to apply. No, get it in a little bit sooner if you can. Uh, one other thing to note there too, I do get a lot of questions on this is as far as the process of applying for both a, a non-resident combo license, as well as a permit, um, both of those have the same April 1 deadline. And like Brady mentioned, as a prerequisite to apply for a permit, you have to first draw a non-resident combo tag. I shouldn't say a prerequisite to apply, but a prerequisite be eligible, eligible. to yep. apply for the permit. Um, but you have to have both of those applications submitted prior to April 1. And essentially what's going to happen is the state's going to draw the non-resident combo tags first. They're going to take all of those successful applicants and look at who of these had permit apps. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were a non-resident who did not draw a combination license and you had a permit app, you're now null and void. You're no longer in the drawing anymore. That's happened to me quite a bit. Yes. (laughs) And I'm very upset because I should have drawn a a permit that year. So, yeah, make sure when you apply, you have to make one selection for your non-resident combo license. And then you also have to make a selection for elk permit or deer permit and apply for those separately when you do that. Man, Montana makes it so easy to understand, don't they? It is, man. They got there's some great hunting opportunity up there, but you got to wade through some some stuff to get <laughs> to even get applied. Yeah, man. Yeah, just so many things to think about this time of year. So many things to like. Okay, I would say like all these different, uh, you know, filtering 2.0 changes we had to make. We had to do some stuff on the app strategy. We're trying to do some other supplemental pieces to try to make Montana a little bit cleaner a little bit easier to understand and that's the beauty of the insider platform like all your data is there for you 365 days a year to start diving into this and then this is the time of year to check out new regulation changes for like, sure i'm already like even though you know i kind of have my idea of what i'm gonna do in montana this year i'm already thinking about what am i gonna do in montana next year right and trying to weigh all that out because well, now with that being in every other year app like you have to it, it changes a lot of things and it kind of yep. screws up the whole hitting the wyoming general and montana general rotation it really throws that up and then with Idaho doing whatever the heck Idaho's doing at their tags anymore. Like, man, things are really getting kind of kind of wild with these opportunity type tags in the West. Um, you know, but that, that's one thing too. Um, you know, we, we've added 
a couple of new bodies just in our research office alone, which is going to free up some some free time. We have a, a really talented guy, Nate, we just brought in. He's going to be able to help me a lot with, with season updates and that kind of stuff. Uh, my main goal with freeing up some of that bandwidth now is to be able to give very, very chunky, in-depth articles. I mean, every time a, a new set of regulations is released, here's all the stuff that changed. Um, you know, one thing in Montana that, that a lot of guys have been impacted by is that 900-20 archery mm-hmm. elk tag. Used to be, yep. I mean, the reigning typical world record bull was killed on that tag. Um, that tag's no longer in existence in Montana. It's gone. And and that tag, I mean, it used to be usable and shoot 20-ish units. Yep. Um, but they're now null and void, and you have, like, individual draws in each of those units. You know, so it, it really changed things up. And I, I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, coming in, you know, this year thinking they're going to apply for what they're tagging, and now they're they're totally slapped in the face and turned around. Um, you know, there's a big surprise. And, and that's one thing I, I do I do want to provide our members, you know, yep. with, with better heads-ups on those. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep, and the nice thing, too, like we didn't talk about maps, but on Go Hunt Maps, all these other, you know, boundary changes and everything that's happened. We also updated them on the go. Hunt yeah. Maps yeah. So already. Montana is officially updated. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, we do have it updated, uh, GMU boundaries and all, all the areas. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning, I mean, I think even with a lot of the GMU boundary changes and, and these huge, like super units now that have, you know, four or five old hunting districts in them, um, you know, what you can hunt with what tag is pretty much the same. You know, mm-hmm. most of the areas, if it was a general elk last year, it's a general elk this year. In fact, the ge- the general units gained a few more units this year. Um, you know, and, and, and with that, you know, more of your prolific permit draw tags, everything's the same, stayed, you know, excuse me, stayed the same there. Um, you know, but we've, we've just, there's been a lot of other changes all over yeah, the place. Yeah, and we'll just touch on it briefly too, like even what region one, some region two stuff changes for some of the mule deer general districts. Yeah, yeah, so that was one cool thing. Um, in region one, Mule deer, I mean, mule deer are lacking across the West right now, but mm-hmm. in, in particular, some of these Northern states are having a lot of issues with mule deer populations. Um, Montana is probably one of the last remaining states where you can, on an OTC tag or general tag for non-residents, but you can go hunt mule deer during the rut, the full length of the rut with a rifle. Um, so Montana changed it this year to where that season now is only a uh, half season ends on November 13th in most of the region one units. So you can only hunt antlered mule deer buck until November 13th. Now, I would have personally liked to seen the date a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, you're still getting rutting activity yep. by then for sure. Um, particularly on, on colder years. Um, I also would have liked to have seen them extend that maybe to some other units, primarily yeah. leave more of the rut hunting into permanent type hunts. Yeah. It's you know, good. just, it, it, it's toss up. I mean, Montana definitely doesn't have the, the genes that you find in some of these Southern states for producing big, big bucks, but it can, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not, not quite as common, but, shooting them into the ruts definitely going to reduce that tenfold yeah it'd be interesting to see what kind of data we get after this hunting season if this these changes from mule deer region one and some of the region two stuff actually benefited it and maybe eventually montana can get some uh some harvest data for us on some better numbers <laughs> oh, of, of what they're taking their yeah their harvest gathering uh or their harvest data gathering that's that's a that's another conversation but they, yeah. there's i have ideas on how they could do that better Yep. so i mean that's a pretty good rundown of all the uh montana changes yeah. what we did to you know enhance all the user experience for insiders and yeah i mean i'll, I'll just tease something out right now i'm not going to say exactly <laughs> what pieces of content we're working on but dave and i had this really sweet idea of some uh content pieces that we'll release uh coming up here from montana probably after some of the draw results come out just to uh add a little bit of juice to this uh awesome state so stay tuned for a bunch of insider only content on Montana deer and elk coming up here soon. 
Yeah, it's going to be big. Um, yeah, app deadline, April 1. Typically, draw results are posted by mid-April, April 15th-ish. Which um, is what more states should do. Yes. Let's that's like probably my favorite change Montana's done in the yeah, last Let's get these results so quick. fast. That way I can start planning. Um, big thing's going to be guys that are that are on that general tag now is beginning to research units. Yep. I mean, you, you have access literally from, from the east side of the state to the west side of the state. 85% of the units you can hunt on your general tag. Mm-hmm. You know, so so limiting that down and and really starting to, to dig in in a state where researching by harvest success is near impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Start making start making it a little bit tougher in that state. And that's why jumping in right when you get that tag success, jump in to go hunt maps. Start planning it out. Add a little hunt folder on the map section for Montana. Start labeling it a certain way so you understand it. Start diving in, figuring out what part of the state you want to hunt. It's like you have a lot of time to plan. It's like when sure. you have a tag, that's when you should start planning it. Montana, yeah, you know, and Montana is really a state where you literally have pretty much every terrain type in the West in Montana. You know, mm-hmm. it's just got a little bit of everything, you know. So, I mean, there's definitely areas where there's much better deer hunting than others or, or elk or what have you, um, you know, but Montana is a state where you can very much kind of pick the style of hunt you want mm-hmm. and be able to hunt around that. You know, there's a, there's enough good habitat, um, good animal population, especially on the elk side. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can kind of tailor pick the hunt you want and then start building out from yeah. there. Pretty awesome. Pretty exciting stuff. We're going to do this again sometime. This was fun. Most definitely. I'm always, always down to talk elk. Little We're hunting. <laughs> yeah. Little podcast. So that was a awesome podcast based about Montana, all the changes. And again, if you guys have any questions on any of the stuff we just talked about, some of the easiest way, if you're an insider, jump on there, jump on the app strategies, drop comments down below. Dave's usually the man with the plan who's helping out everyone answer those questions and helping you guys out. Because like I said, the deadline's coming up quick, April 1st. So appreciate you guys checking out and we'll catch you on the flip side.